The Anonymous Tip Job A White Collar Leverage Fan Fiction Written by China Shop Read by God of Laundry Baskets Wait in the car, said Peter, as they pulled up outside the Lunig building on Worth Street. The cordoned-off area was teeming with SWAT uniforms and black SUVs. Once we've secured the sixth floor, you can come up and authenticate the sculptures, but I don't want you in there until we know it's safe. After the near miss with Nathan's armed goons the previous day, Neil didn't argue. But it was too nice a day to be cooped up in the car for long, and Neil knew from experience that if he loitered on the sidewalk, there was a good chance a timely piece of evidence, or a fleeing subject, would come his way. As soon as Peter and the others busted into the building, Neil got out and stretched his legs. There were still a few agents guarding the scene, so he kept clear of the cordon and went across the road to lounge against the Bank of New York instead, where he could keep an eye on things. An attractive married couple walked past, heads bent close together, and Neil watched them walk away, admiring the man's easy stride and the elegance of the woman's neck. The man laughed at something his wife was saying, and Neil felt a pang. He missed that kind of comfortable. A clatter of gunshots rang out across the street, followed by a shower of glass from halfway up the building. Oh, crap. Neil waited for a gap in the traffic and darted over to duck under the crime scene tape. A tall guy in an FBI windbreaker tried to stop him. Excuse me, sir. I need you to stay outside the crime scene. You don't understand. I need to get in there. Neil barely looked at him. Peter, this is an FBI bust, said the guy, grabbing his arm to stop him. You cannot be within the area. There's a reason that pretty yellow tape says, do not enter. Neil glanced up at him, distracted from worry. In all the busts he'd attended in the last six months, he'd never seen this guy before and he definitely wasn't in the white-collar crime division. Peter hadn't mentioned pulling in agents from other teams. Neil twisted his arm free and straightened his sleeves. Who are you? The guy fixed him with a stern eye. Hey, I asked the questions, Mr. Holden, said Neil automatically. Nick Holden. The guy's suspicion was obvious. Okay, Mr. Holden. I am Special Agent Broody, and this is not IMAX. Know what I mean? It's a crime scene. Move along now. Nothing to see. There was distant yelling from above, and a couple more shards of glass crashed down behind the guy, making them both flinch and reminding Neil of his purpose. Around them, agents were talking on radios, getting updates. The new probie, Carmine, was calling for paramedics. Neil looked up at Brody. Maybe he was just new. Is Peter Burke okay? Can you check? Peter's fine, said Brody too quickly. He looked away and pressed the button on his radio. I need a status update on the situation. The radio crackled and hissed, and a fuzzy voice said something Neil couldn't catch. Okay, well, hurry it up.
said Broody and dropped the radio. No casualties, he told Neil. Pete's fine. Now I need you to vacate the scene before I have to arrest you. Neil's suspicions solidified. If Broody really were FBI, he'd have recognized Peter's name. Neil nodded and turned to leave, stepping away casually. Carmine wasn't freaking out, so the paramedics had to be for Matheson or one of his goons. Neil hoped so. Behind him, Broody muttered, Guys, what's taking so long? I got you in there. You just have to get the stuff and get out. That was the plan. It's pretty straightforward. And Neil made a U-turn and came back around to face him. I forgot something. You forgot something. Broody seemed to grow a couple of inches. I'm trying to do a job here and you just forgot. I thought maybe. Neil shrugged and shot the guy a harmless grin. Can I see your badge? Broody huffed like he was trying to be officious, but his heart wasn't in it. Can you see my badge? Listen here, son, are you questioning my authority? Because I can have you cuffed and booked before you can say, I'll show you mine, offered Neil, pulling out his consultant's wallet and flipping it open. Broody glanced at it and scowled. That's the way you want to play it? Fine, we'll play it that way. He drew out his own badge, flashing it and clearly about to stuff it back in his pocket. Neil managed to slide it from his grasp. Broody tried to snatch it back, but Neil held it out of reach. Oh, hey, said Neil, examining it. This is nice work. Someone's got an eye for detail. He glanced up, eyebrows raised. You're not with Mason. He didn't think so. Broody had more class than all of Mason's goons put together, but he had to ask. That son of a toad weasel, you seriously asking me that? said Broody, scornfully, holding up his phone and semi-surreptitiously using it to take a photo of Neil. You're seriously asking me that? No, not me. I'm one of the good guys. I'm telling you, man, I am not the droid you are looking for. Neil believed him, or at least believed he meant it, especially when he got a closer look at the plastic BB gun in Broody's shoulder holster. It was the same model Mozzie had given him for his courier uniform. Broody was a good-looking guy, too. Shame about the circumstances, especially given Neil had developed something of a weakness for those blue FBI windbreakers over the last few months. Listen, I don't got time for this. Broody grabbed his fake badge out of Neil's hand and started backing towards an SUV that was parked just beyond the crime scene tape. I'm trying, he muttered. Guy's following me like a heat-seeking missile and cufflinks. From the way his eyes unfocused slightly when he said it, Neil was pretty sure he was wearing a wire. Neil followed him, intrigued. You know, I know these guys, he said, gesturing to the other agents. One word from me and... He kept it light, not too threatening. Even surrounded by feds, he didn't want to corner the guy. Just tell me what's going on, and I promise I won't. What's going on is the son of a toad weasel has something that belongs to a friend of mine, and we... 
He bit off his sentence and grimaced. I am just trying to get it back. Neil studied him. It was you, he said as the realization hit him. You called in the anonymous tip. He gave Broody a bright smile. Got to hand it to you. That was a smart way to get around Mathan's state-of-the-art security system. Guys got his offices tied down like the Federal Reserve, agreed Broody. That ain't right. So what's the thing he stole? asked Neil. You know we can't prosecute him for it if we don't find it in his possession. Broody's eyes widened as he realized how much he'd revealed. It ain't nothing. Sentimental value. Listen, as fine as it's been talking to y'all, I need to make... Something sensitive, you mean? Asked Neil. That probably meant blackmail. Usually, blackmail victims didn't think clearly enough to organize retrieving the goods before they ran out of cash or things got violent. This made a refreshing change. Broody dropped the last of his act. It's all bullshit, man, he said seriously. There's a sweet little kid about to start grade school, and her mom was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. If things go down the can, they lose everything. I'm talking home, job, savings, family dog. I'm just lending a hand, you know what I mean? He angled his head away slightly and frowned. Hey, I know what I'm doing. You just focus on your end of the things. Oh, is that so? He turned back to Neil and raised his eyebrows. Neil Caffrey, huh? Nate Ford says to say hi. Something about a stolen Contevago? That mean anything to you? Neil froze and forced a smile. Broody grinned. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sends his condolences on your hardware, too. You're working with Ford? Neil tried to keep the awe out of his voice. Nate Ford was more dangerous than Sarah Ellis and almost as brilliant as Peter. Neil had had a couple of close calls with him over the years. I heard he fell off the radar. Well, now, that all depends on whose radar you're tracking, drawled Broody. He obviously knew he was in the clear now, and he was right. The last thing Neil needed was Nate Ford turning over rocks and working with Peter to recover any allegedly misappropriated artworks. Some things were better left forgotten. Broody looked past Neil and smiled. Looks like we got what we came for. Neil turned to see a tough-looking guy, an intense blonde woman with ponytails, both sporting FBI jackets and big smiles heading their way. The tough guy was carrying a thick envelope. Caffrey, right? Peter Burke's asking for you upstairs. Neil nodded, reminded of the earlier firefight. Everyone okay? Two goons with holes in their shoulders, said the guy carelessly enough that Neil might have thought he'd been the one to pull the trigger, except that his gun was plastic, too. And a 7th century Chinese anchai dish smashed to pieces. Neil winced. Yeah, 
The guy looked a grim, and then shrugged. The rest was all itchy trigger fingers and lousy aim. The Neil Caffrey, said the woman. Did you really break into the- Hey, interrupted Broody. Come on, kids. We gotta get going while the getting's good. And my man here has a pressing appointment with the FBI. He clapped a Neil on the shoulder and gave him a gentle shove towards the front door of the Lenig building. Man, the tough guy glared at Broody. How many times, I gotta tell you, you break cover for no one. No one. I don't care who he is. He started hurting Broody and the woman towards the SUV, grumbling as he went. Nice meeting you, said Neil, waving them off with his hat. He watched as they bundled into the vehicle and then turned to see Diana striding towards him. Paramedics were strapping the wounded guys onto stretchers. Peter needs you upstairs, said Diana. Her eyes narrowed at something in his expression, and she looked past him at the departing SUV. Who was that? I think they were from the Baltimore office, said Neil vaguely. He gave her a grin and slipped past before she could ask any more questions. He had a job to do, and he was going to do it brilliantly, partly so he could share in the glory partly to win an approving smile from Peter, but mostly as part of a strategy of making himself indispensable to the white-collar division, just in case Broody hadn't been bluffing, and there really was a chance of Nate Ford popping out of the woodwork. It paid to stay a step ahead. The End Thank you for listening.